You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 514 for March 18th, 2020. On today's show, pianist Yoko Miwa. As you'll hear in this interview, Yoko and just about every musician is seeing all gigs canceled these days. Most clubs are shut down. Most tours are not happening regular gigs, special concerts, all that kind of stuff is being canceled, as it should be, given the coronavirus outbreak. But that means that these folks, many of whom really live gig to gig in pretty tight circumstances, are suddenly out of most or all of their income. In some cases, people have teaching income, although some of that is going away as well, particularly if you're teaching private lessons. So here's what I'm suggesting that you do. If you were going to go see one of these shows and you were planning to pay a cover charge or buy tickets or whatever it might be, or you were going to go out for dinner and see a show, maybe you could take that money that you were going to spend anyway and donate it directly to the musician. Almost every musician these days has Cash App or Venmo or PayPal or something, and certainly you can reach out to them and ask what the easiest way to make a donation is. You can also buy their music and, if possible, buy it directly from them because that's another great way to give money to a musician and to get something for yourself in return. This is really a time when we all need to be doing skillful things. It's a time when we need to be staying home. And the point of staying home is not just to protect yourself because you could become infected with the virus, not even know it, and give it to other people because not everyone who gets infected shows any symptoms. So this is a time when we think about more than ourselves, we think about each other. And here in the music community, given that the music community is essentially on hold for some number of weeks or months, this is a time when we should be doing what we can to support the musicians whose music means so much to us. So again, please consider making direct donations to musicians. Please consider buying records. Uh, If you have other suggestions, other ideas, other questions, I'm happy to have you reach out to me and I'm happy to put out Uh, special audio alerts on the Jazz Session feed for folks, you can contact me at jason at thejazzsession.com. Also, I just want to make a note that Yoko Miwa is my guest this week, and for the last six or seven years, I have worked for Yoko doing her blog and some of her social media. And so I just wanted you to know that this show is not a piece of journalism, but in any case, I want you to know that I do have a direct financial relationship with Yoko, but I've had it for a long time. It's been seven years and she's never been on the show before. And she's on now because I genuinely enjoy her music. And I think she's someone you ought to know if you don't already. But I wanted to be upfront with you about my relationship with Yoko. Also, I will just mention that the Jazz Session is my primary source of income and the thing that primarily helps me buy groceries and pay rent and stay alive. So if you wouldn't mind becoming a member, that would be fabulous. And you can do that at thejazzsession.com slash join. Yoko Miwa's most recent album is called Keep Talking.
Yoko Miwa, welcome to the jazz session. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. We are recording at kind of a strange time here in the United States. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, the 16th of March, as many, many things are being canceled because of coronavirus. And you obviously are both a live performer and uh, an educator. You teach at Berklee College of Music in Boston. And I know for a fact that many things that you were expecting to be doing are not happening. So can you talk a little bit about what that's like right now to, to kind of navigate this? As yeah, a musician? I know it's a lot happening right now. <laughs> I'm very, you know, um, try to figure out what what to do now. But um, yeah, basically all the colleges are closed. And I teach at Berkeley, like you said, Berkeley class of music. Uh, it's closed, but uh, we are going to be teaching everything by Skype, online teaching. So I have to teach all my students from uh, next week. Um, you know, I have like a 10, 11 students a day, like seven hours teaching, usually one-on-one lesson. We usually have two pianos in the room, and, you know, it's, it's kind of fun playing together. But from now on, I have to do Skype lesson with all my students. So it's going to be tough. You know, I've done that before. I taught some students um, live in China. But, you know, how it goes, like, cut off in the middle, and you can already talk together at the same time, some point together. Um, maybe I can find some uh, apps. Um, I heard there's something we can play together. But it's going to be a challenge. Then some students going back to their own country right now, so... Another problem is going to be um, time difference. Sure. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, one is um, already in Taiwan and another one is going to be Singapore. Like a 20 hours time difference. Wow. So a lot of things. Yeah. So I, we have to really figure out what to do with it. But uh, also, yeah, my performance is totally affected. And of course, my regular, you know, steady gigs in Boston, that's not going to happen probably um, uh, for next three or four weeks for sure because all the restaurants and bars they all closed my gigs you know city one um at the restaurants you know that's gonna be canceled did they close voluntarily <laughs> or did the government enforce a closure oh, government right? yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah they're forced to close um for until april 7th or something probably it might extend we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I was so excited to play at the Dizzy's at Lincoln Center next week. <laughs> that got canceled, of course. And I was, we were going to perform in Florida. The venue is called Arts Garage. So next week's supposed to be, you know, New York and going to Florida. And then I was so looking forward to it, like, for a long time. And this happened. <laughs> You know, and the next month I have other shows uh, happening in Washington, D.C. I don't know what's going to happen at this moment. Uh, are there ways um, that people can support you who might have come to your shows and now they can't? Uh, are there other things that they can do that will help you out? My uh, fans can buy my CDs online or they can download my uh, music 
or they can contribute anything, you know, they feel bad for me. <laughs> that would be great. I, I, I will really appreciate it. All the musicians are suffering right now. Not only musicians, everybody, but, you know, musicians having a really hard time right now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really Tough. true. I mean, uh, you know, seeing on social media that, of course, just about everybody's tours and shows are all canceled. And, you know, if you're a musician, mm-hmm. you're probably not a person who has a ton of money in the bank <laughs> saved up, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a rough time. Uh, to, to change the topic a little bit, even though this is the thing that is kind of, you know, dominating all conversation in the, in the country these days. But um, I just do, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, uh, first of all, if for some people this might be their their first chance uh, to meet you. Uh, and so I just wanted to tell folks a little bit uh, about you. As we mentioned, you teach at, at Berkeley and you've been living in Boston for, for many years, originally from Japan, uh, have recorded quite a number of albums as a leader. And the most recent of those albums is Keep Talking, um, which has been really well received uh, critically. And I wonder if you just might say a few words about that album, about kind of your thoughts in putting the album together and, and what music is on it. Okay. So Keep Talking is my eighth album as a uh, my trio CD. And, you know, I always play with uh, my favorite musicians, Will Slater, acoustic bass, Scott Gooding on drums, and another bass player, Brett Barrett, um, he played one song on the album. So, you know, we usually uh, put together the songs like my originals always. Definitely, that's one of the things. Definitely, I will record my original songs. Plus, uh, the songs um, played by some musicians who inspired me. So this album, we play some uh, Charles Mingus song. And Beatles, you know, we do always have something in the album, Beatles song. And if I don't, I feel like my fans will be disappointed. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you know they're waiting for it and so and i like johnny mitchell this is the second time i recorded her original songs too and uh this album did very well and uh went up number four in the national just radio chart and stayed up there for a long time and actually the one song brad played uh, my original song is called Sunshine Follows the Rain. Uh, this song was picked by one of the Spotify's uh, official playlist. It's called Coffee Table Jazz. 
and it's been streamed almost three million times at this point. I'm very proud of it. That's pretty amazing. And uh, this song, I almost didn't put in the album. And like last minute, you know what? Maybe I should put this in the album. Yeah, maybe I should. And then this happened. I'm so glad I did. Why were you go- not going to put it on, and then why did you change your mind? <laughs> because um, actually, that one played by Brad Barrett. You know, we play with him a lot too um, in Boston. But um, I felt kind of weird just putting a one song by Brad. But I also did the same thing last album, Pathways. Uh, he played one of the Beatles songs, Dear Prudence, and I put the the song. And actually, the Song, Dear Prudence did really well also you know only song Brad played so but also we didn't have much space in the, in the album so I had to talk to engineer um, person like can I put one more song do we have a space and uh, actually the mastering Toby Mountain the, you know he said I think I can squeeze in one more song <laughs> it's very tight very tight but you really want it i think we can do it like okay you know so i decided to do it Take a quick break here to remind you that you can support the Jazz Session at thejazzsession.com. You can also directly support the musicians who are now primarily out of work. You can reach out to the musicians whose shows you were going to anyway and ask about making a direct donation. You can also make donations to local food banks in your area. That's often quite useful, especially financial donations are often quite useful to places like that. There are many examples of mutual aid networks being set up all across the country to help at this time and that's another great way to get involved be sure to check on the older folks in your life and the folks who are immunosuppressed Uh, just make sure that you know they don't need anything maybe they need somebody to go shopping for them maybe they don't realize they need somebody to go shopping for them especially the older folks in your life who might feel like they're immortal and maybe it's time for you to exercise a little tough love and say you know what grandma i'll get the groceries this week back to the show Thank you. 
you mentioned that you always uh, make an arrangement of a Beatles song on your albums. How did that get started? You know, always we were looking for not only like standards of my originals, and I wanted to play other kind of music and Beatles. Everybody loves Beatles, and I love their music too. And wanted to play something, you know, by Beatles, but I just didn't want to play as it is, which is, it's like a cover band, right? You can just play it. But I wanted to do like how we usually play other songs. But yeah, it's kind of a challenge. Always it's a challenge for me because I don't want to change too much. I don't, I don't want to change too much that way. I'm going to upset Beatles fans, <laughs> you know, Beatles fans. They don't want to hear that change too much. And then, so I have to be really careful doing that, I feel like. How do Beatles songs compare to other more common jazz standards kind of harmonically? Like, are, are they are they easier to arrange, harder to arrange? Because it's more like a simple chords. You know, jazz chords has more complicated chords or, you know, more chords in it, mostly. And like some, like a jazzy chords. Like, uh, but you don't want to put too much jazz cause in it. It will change too much. So, but I want to play like jazz too. So, you know, I have to compromise like a little bit in there. Because of the work that we do together, I've seen your online presence very closely. And one thing I've really noticed about you is that you're this. Obviously, this is a as much a compliment as a question. But your fans are are really fans. Like the people really love your music <laughs> and really seem to love you. And you seem to have a really strong rapport, a strong connection with the people that, who come to your shows, who buy your albums, who you communicate with online. Did you always feel strongly about that as a performer? Was that always something that mattered to you from the earliest days? Or is that something you've kind of grown into over the years? I feel that, you know, like you said, I have good fans, actually. <laughs> I, have, I have great fans. I'm very lucky to have them. But I think because I've been playing so long in Boston, you know, we have several city gigs. Of course, over the years, we built like a fan base, you know, uh, people come to see us all the time. And w the thing is, I talk to a lot of fans uh, when I have shows like uh, regular gigs, you know, like a restaurant gigs. I talk to my 
fans between the sets. I usually walk around the table and then, hey, how are you doing? You know, I talk to them. You know, sometimes I feel like I want to just, you know, relax. But I mostly I don't feel that I, I'd rather talk to people who come to see me. I, I want to get to know them and I want to know why they come to see me, <laughs> you know, why, why they like my music and I like doing it, but that definitely built, you know, relationship with our, my fans. And, you know, when I played so much in Boston, when I have a big show, like Scholars Jazz Club or uh, Regatta Bar, these are like big show, like people buy tickets and 200, more than 200 seats in the room. So then I, I, I sometimes I worry, oh, they can't see me every weekend. They see me all the time. Why do they want to pay, you know, a lot of money to see me, come to see me at the big show? But my fans, actually, they, they don't, they don't mind. And they know the difference between just a regular restaurant gigs or a real show. And then they really appreciate, you know, our music and what we do at the big shows. And then they really support us. Then also they come to see me when I play in New York, like Berlin last time. I have a lot of people coming from Boston and even Washington, D.C. I played. I had some people came from Boston. <laughs> you know, that's very amazing. Yeah. I'm very lucky to have that. Yes. You mentioned Birdland. You've now played there twice at the Birdland Theater, at the the legendary Birdland Jazz Club. Yes. And it seems like it's right. going pretty well. Tell me about that experience of playing. I mean, that's a place where a lot of people have come before you. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was one of my dreams, playing at the Birdland. And uh, this is actually Birdland Theater. They built a new room downstairs. And when I play with Sheila Jordan, uh, in Boston, she comes to Boston every year now, like once or twice a year. But she told me like how much she loves the new room, and you know. So when I got the gig at downstairs, like a theater, um, I was really excited. And actually, I really like the room too. Um, beautiful room, beautiful sound, and yeah, actually we did pretty well. So every. Um, Every time the guy who books the Gino, he he loves us. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. So every time I, you know, play that, he's like, "Okay, when is next time? When's the next time?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, um, if 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 everything go back to normal, we will be there again soon. In probably before the fall, but uh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> We don't know. Yeah, everything's so up in the air right now. quick break to thank the people who make the jazz session possible, starting with the members who support it, and also the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music, Dave Rabel for the logo, and Chuck Ingersoll for the voice of the intro. You can hire Chuck at hearchucknow.com. Follow the jazz session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram at the jazz session. Right now I'm posting a photo every weekday from more than 20 years of shows and interviews. 
Take a second right now to rate and review The Jazz Session on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It greatly improves my ability to reach new listeners. And if you'd like to stay up to date on my podcast, my poetry, and more, you can subscribe to my bi-weekly, every other week. I'll never, I'll be 100 years old, I won't know how that goes. Anyway, it comes out every two weeks. It's a newsletter, and you can find it at thejazzsession.com. Just click on the newsletter link. Back to the show. talked about uh, Sheila Jordan of, of course uh, listeners to this show will know that uh, Sheila was my guest on the 500th episode of this show a few months ago and yeah. you have now played with Sheila many times both played with her in clubs and been with her in master classes and of course I mean Sheila goes all the way back to Charlie Parker so you're one step removed from Charlie Parker and I have to <laughs> imagine that's got to feel pretty special i mean she is there are not very many people with sheila jordan's history right i know i'm very very lucky i feel very honored playing with her every time she comes here she is such amazing person you know she's 1991 um her energy is amazing and she inspires us everybody and the audience but especially us playing with her you know, every year, like, oh, is she okay this year? Is she getting weak? No, actually, she's getting stronger. <laughs> I feel like last time we just played, end of the last year, her voice was so good, and everybody was like, wow, this is the best voice ever heard, <laughs> you know? Unbelievable, her energy. She's traveling all over the world more than anybody. I love playing with her, and, you know, hopefully it's going to happen soon, too. Obviously, we're in a, a bit of a, a strange time here, but I know that you're already looking ahead to your next recording. Will you say a little bit about that, about what you're thinking in terms of the music that will be on it? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, we're going to do same way like I usually do, the little mixture of my originals and some probably standards, Monk, or, you know, probably Beatles. I don't want to say too much, but... um. <laughs> And uh, we just signed a contract with worldwide management company, Elora Management. And also we signed the contract with Ubuntu Music Recording Deal, which Ubuntu Music is in London. So we've been talking about recording new album. It's supposed to be in happening very soon, but uh, releasing in the fall. And talking about, you know, CD release tour will be Boston, uh, West Coast, and going to Europe, 
Paris and Switzerland and London. So I'm very excited. But, you know, <laughs> right now it, nobody knows what's going to happen. But I'm very excited still. We opened this show talking about the coronavirus outbreak, but actually you uh, have already been through a major catastrophe in that you're from Kobe, Japan, and you live there. Folks may remember that there was a, a massive earthquake in Kobe. Can you just tell us a little bit about what it was like for you there then and and what, if any, lessons you're sure. kind of taking with you now? <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny. This you know, experience kind of reminded me of my experience from, you know, what happened in Japan. Uh, that was 1995. I think so. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 1995. Um, uh, that was the scariest moment in my life. You know, huge noise in the morning when I was sleeping. Like you know, sounds and it sounds like and it felt like a huge truck crashing to your house. I was in a apartment sick on the floor, but like really huge noise. Then big shake after that and only twenty seconds but I felt like, you know, thirty minutes. <laughs> and uh, I never ever experienced that kind of, you know, earthquake. We have a lot of earthquake in Japan, but that was in almost seven magnitude and uh, everything fell from the shelf and huge uh, TV fell and like it was house was a mess and no water for a month I remember you know uh, we got together with my family got together in one house my parents house and then just nothing to do every day I was I remember I was knitting the sweater or something <laughs> because you can't go anywhere just stuck in the house a little bit of food and no water so we drove out everywhere to look for water sometimes in a cemetery or something or a park water comes out from faucet and then you get as much as possible and bring back i learned a lot especially after that i mean i felt so lucky just living like a normal life every day until that kind of stuff happens, you know, like now too, you know, I feel like how much food do we have uh, should be eating less, you know, like counting how much food will last for next two weeks, you know, that kind of stuff. That was unbelievable, scary moment. And, but also we kind of got, you know, strong together, you know, friends, family, and, yeah, music thing, the same as now, 
I feel like we didn't have a music for a while. Everything, you know, uh, buildings and facilities, uh, everything got destroyed. No jazz club, of course, you know, no gig, no teaching for a while. So, yeah, we had to be strong. I feel very similar right now, but I know we're going to be, we're going to come back stronger like we did, you know. My guest on this episode has been Yoko Miwa. You can uh, go online to uh, yokomiwa.com and you'll find her albums there. And like any musician who's seeing all of their work dry up, uh, this is a great time to to buy people's records and uh, support them that way. Uh, Yoko's most recent album is called Keep Talking, and there's uh, a lot more to come in the near future, it sounds like. Yoko, it's been so much fun to have you on the jazz session finally, and I thank you for taking the time to do it. Oh, thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. If you value what you just heard, become a member for five or ten bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Thanks to Yoko Miwa, my guest this week. I'll be back next week with another conversation. Until then, support live music whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another chat about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.